How is it that there are independent musicians out there yeah, who yeah. have no ties to any big record I'm talking, I'm talking. Backing, yeah, I can hear it. Get their music heard by like? millions of people and live out their dreams of being full-time okay. musicians. Good. That's the question. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking. We will discover the answers Move your feet. I'm Lizzy the Gifted, and this is the Music Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? You're tuned into another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast with your host, Lizzy the Gifted. I'm here with my man. The myth, the legend, CW Midnight, aka Corey. What, 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 Wallace? What's up, bro? What up? What How up? Are you? It's Friday, dude. It is. <laughs> We're actually recording it and putting it out the same day, which I almost never do, because I screwed up a couple days ago. But we won't talk about that. We already <laughs> took care of it. That. It is Friday. It is Friday. Uh, started the morning off right. Woke up. Got out the house by six twenty. Got to the beach. Parked. Ran, yes. you ran a little bit. <laughs> yes. Pete's coffee, came back, bagels, came back, and you know, move the bed and all that. Is your bed done? Yeah. Oh, it's all ready. Yeah. That's the nicest I've seen your bed probably in twenty years. <laughs> so it looks great. So yeah, we are gonna do something a little different now. Um, I don't know how long we'll keep this series up, but we're calling this mixing series, part one. Uh, today's part one and um, we're gonna dial into mixing because here's the thing you know as as when I started uh, producing the first transition I made was from songwriting slash recording to mixing first so you could if you wanted to start making beats if you want or learn uh, an instrument like piano I just when I first started in June 2017, yeah, June 2017, the first thing I attacked was mixing. And uh, my justification behind that was, well, I could continue getting beats for people for, from people for now and learn how to mix by just attacking vocals because I wanted to dial that in. And I didn't want to overwhelm myself with the amount of things to learn I literally didn't know anything, but I was kind of learning beats simultaneously. It took me about a week to learn all the steps of mixing and put it to practice, but then to obviously perfect it. I mean, I'm still three years later. You're still, how many years later? A lot. Yeah, years later. We're still perfecting it, but yeah. So it took me about a week to kind of really dial into everything, but um, I want to just talk about mixing. So what we're going to do today is we are basically going to go over, I mean, this is kind of like, you could almost call this the intro. We're gonna basically go over the overall steps, the bird's eye view, the 30,000 foot view. By the end of this, I would say you could speak the language, but you probably won't, by the end of this episode. By the end of this episode, you'll probably be able to speak the language and know some jargon, but you're not gonna be able to, you could try to start putting stuff to practice, but I I just wanna get you ahead of time knowing that by the end of this episode, you probably aren't going to like be an expert at mixing by the end of this episode, but we are going to do more. Um, you know, maybe the rest of the time I'm here, we just, we, every day is just a new mixing thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could do that. Technique. Yeah. I mean also, yeah. And also keep in mind guys, like since this is an audio podcast right now, it's, it's going to be hard for you to become an expert if you don't visually see it. So what I would suggest is, um, I kind of have two suggest. I'll just make the easier plug. Honestly, I, I think that if you want to get more in depth with mixing and really learn it, I have two options for you. One, you could click the description 
below and book a 15 minute call with me and then I could set you up with, with you know, mixing coaching where I could walk you through it. Um, or, which is by the way, that's the easier option. Or you could spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on YouTube University. I would suggest the first one because I would rather work with you and plus I can like walk you through it with your hands, hand with your hands, hold your hand through the process. Anyway, so this episode, I kind of just want you to start thinking about it, wrap your head around it. Tomorrow, you'll have the next episode. All right, so I guess we'll start with, you know, we'll start with before mixing. Okay, so there's things to do before mixing. Right. By the way, this episode, it's going to be kind of like I'm interviewing you actually, cool. like, but I'll join in yeah. and I'll kind of guide the whole thing. So before mixing, the first thing we've got is vocal comping. So guys, remember we've, we're done recording all the vocals. We already have the beat. Um, I guess you could also say, I, I guess you could also say, I'm sorry, I'm going to get, I, I think you could imagine yourself that you're in the position of this is an overall mixing, so I guess you could say that you're mixing the entire song, stems included. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a position this right is, now where... Yeah, go ahead. This is, you know, you don't have the budget for a to outsource your mix. This is 100% like right. oh, yeah, yeah. bedroom, yep. you know, learning. I mean, it's not even, yeah, too. And like, I think by the end of this, like if you want to start freelancing, yeah, yeah, if exactly. you want to start freelancing, you'll be able to do it too. But I, I was going to say, this is for anybody in a position of what, maybe you're still at the point where you want to make beats or, or you're not making beats and you want to keep buying beats. I would still recommend, you know, all the mixing steps. Cause I think eventually you want to move to the point where you're fully making all your beats and you're fully mixing. Or even when you get stems from a producer, you're, you're still going to want to know all this stuff. Okay, so number one is vocal comping. This is before mixing, by the way. Vocal comping, what's that? So comping, it's it's a short term for composition, right? Okay. So vocal comp, or compiling. You is know? that what it is? I think, I believe so, yeah. And so you're, you have all your, your huh. vocal takes. Okay. You know, and you can organize this however you want. Um, the way that I usually handle it is, you know, you set aside a verse footage what i mean by footage is your takes yeah so you, you know, have all your footage vocal is takes, right? like this like think about this as like a film right yeah every they have tons of camera footage right that right. they have to go through sit through and look at yeah same with vocals yep this so is you, vocal footage so you gotta look through all your takes and i mean really quick to to like tie that into with what we've done like when you and i work so like when Corey and I work together and I'm recording and he's vocal comping, I mean, we will, I don't know, I'll record a lot of takes. Let, yeah. Let's say for one hook, let's say for one verse, I'll do 30 takes. Yeah. I mean, it's realistically like that. And then, so what he does is he takes basically, I mean, almost phrase by phrase or line by line or yeah. section by section. And he'll go through each of the 30 takes. And so like, I know a lot of rappers, they'll rap the whole verse all the way through. And it's like, that's your entire take. Yeah. But what I, what we do sometimes is we'll have pieces of the verse where we're like taking like, like that one final take is really like a comp, a compilation, I guess, yes. of all the different takes. Exactly. That's vocal comp. Yes. Cool. So next, gain staging. Gain What's staging. gain staging? This is new for me too. So What's what is it? gain staging? Um, Huge, bro. This is such a this fucking goes, gem. You know, so you have your beat, right? But you see that your your master channel is hitting red. Yeah. What's red? 
Red is bad. Yeah, I was about to say that. Clipping, bad. Clipping Too loud, bad. gonna sound like crap. You know, you don't want that. Yeah. This really... Gain saging, mm -hmm. and you can do this at many points in both a production and mixing phase, too. Right. You know, gain staging is where everything still sounds like it's hitting hard. Yep. But it's not hitting the master hard at all. No. You know, you're, you're, it, it maybe, you know, everything should be hitting the master at, at, at 75% yep. total. So that if you're, you know, let's say you have the budget to send to a mixing engineer, then you can outsource, they have enough room to work with. Totally. To, you know, they would over compress that later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what gain so stage yeah. is, is, you know, going through all the tracks yep. and, okay, so my kick is super loud. Yeah. It's almost clipping. You know, it's almost clipping. Yeah. You, there's two ways to go about this. You either do it on the fader yeah. or you can go and use clip gain. Yeah. So basically guys, like... This was very confusing for me to understand at first, and I specifically use Logic Pro X, but we're not gonna go DAW specific today. Here's what gain staging is, what you do. When you, let's say you are playing your kick, right? Like you're hitting your keyboard and you're making your kick. When you're done playing it, it's in what's called MIDI. MIDI means you can edit the notes, okay? You cannot gain stage in MIDI. We need that track to be in a wave format. And the way you do that, there's different terms. For Logic Pro, it's called bounce in place. In Pro Tools, it's called... Committing. Committing. In Ableton, it's called... Freeze. Freeze. Essentially... I don't know if that, what, what I don't either. handles it, but... It's rendering it. You're taking a MIDI file and turning it into a wave file then what do we do so you're gonna see the is, wave file is gonna be there's a yeah. huge reason why that's a thing right because you're yeah well the bouncing in place is a issue that happens right. when when you have freaking 10 midi tracks and they all have omnisphere movement they right. have um delays reverbs compression all that adds up to your you know your, your, your cpus cpu yeah the ram so what you want to do is you want to get that yeah that handled yeah the way to do that you bounce in place. Bounce in place. Yeah. Commit. Print it. Exactly. And Render. so you cannot gain stage if you don't. You can't gain stage in MIDI. You can, you know, you can do it on the, the, yeah, on the fader. fader on the fader, but that's... Yeah. So there's two, and like, it's so hard to explain it without showing a screen, but basically gain staging is like you're taking all of your tracks and you're making sure that they are, their level, so... On the fader, which is like everybody thinks the fader is like your main. Let's just say it's the main volume for that track, right? right? It's the it's the it's the knob, right? So when it's at zero point zero, like everything starts. Let's say everything starts. It's at zero point zero dB. Well, when before you gain stage, yes, it's at zero point zero, but every track is certain tracks are louder than others. Like most likely, a kick is at like freaking 1.0 right right or then Two, just for a little push right? whatever and it's in red and it's clipping that happens to me with splice all the time with yeah. the splice kicks but then you know uh, a piano might be peaking at negative 6 db that's the peak right so yeah. how do we turn all of those the same and that's gain staging that's there's a different staging. there's a different volume control which would you call it clip gain clip gain yeah so we don't need to get into all that but basically if you guys want to know more about it i maybe i should do a video about it but you should just go and and youtube gain staging like you'll it's so much easier but you level match everything um 
and, and yeah, I think that's a good basic explanation, all right? So next, clearing out empty unnecessary space, vocal breaths, space in between elements. Okay, so. Pretty subtle, yeah. You get to a time where you're, you're done vocal comping and you notice that the artist had some weird vocal breaths and yeah. breathing weird. Um, sometimes that's, you know, intentional. Sometimes it's cool. Like Michael Jackson was known for it. Sure. But sometimes it's not. Yeah, if and it's too can, many, it's and not And you want to clear it out. Yeah. So, you know, you and all dolls do this. You can zoom in yep. ten times. Yep. And really, really, really isolate that breath. Yeah. Knock it out. Make sure your crossfades are good. Right. And then you're good. Boom. And then it's clear. Right. You got. You don't have to do this because it's a little bit part of taste, like Corey said. But I know in my experience with my own songs, there was times where I was too lazy to do it, and then I was just like, "Man, you just got to bite the bullet." And I started doing it, and it it just it honestly makes your songs just sound more professional just yeah. to take those out. So okay, cool. Um, there's also the um, you know, getting rid of X space yeah. in the instruments. Yeah. The reason for this is. Um, your computer yep. thinks that there's something there. Right. And it's taking up your RAM. And it's taking up your RAM. So if you have a freaking pad that doesn't come in until verse 2. No, yeah, take all that empty space out. Take all the empty space out. Yep. Crossfade. You know, make sure you leave enough space in between right. where your, your pad, what pad comes in and pad goes out. Right. And then that's just when it comes in. Right. It's like, they're like Legos. Yep. Right? Yep. Little blocks. Right. You don't want the freaking Lincoln log. You want the little bricks. Right. Exactly. Next, you know, we'll run through these next couple ones really quick. But next, a reference track. Easy. Go to freaking YouTube. Do a YouTube M M to MP3. You're not going to steal it and reproduce it. You're just, you, you need a reference track because... You are going to take a really nicely, great, amazing, professional song that you really like, that you're inspired by. You're going to put it in your session, or you could just have it on the side, but I like it in the session. Yeah. No, I mean, I like it in the session. It's good because then you can go in yeah, when you can it out. Yeah. You're going to basically base your song's mix off of that, and you're going to get detailed about where does the vocal sit in relation to the kick or the clap or blah, 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 stuff like that. Also, things to know about referencing is you want to be wary of... Tempo, you know, find, yeah. find like sort of same tempo. Same tempo, same tone. Um, not, I mean, same tone. You can find same keys. Yep, same keys. Um, oh, they do this crazy drum groove, you know, there. You know, you, you can also bring in little snippets of it too. Yep. You can chop it in so you get the mm -hmm. parts that you want. That's what I do. I just take the hook or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then, the, okay, so the last thing to do before mixing. This is a pretty quick, simple trick. I learned this from Graham Cochran, Recording Revolution. If you guys don't know who that is, go check him out. Um, he has this list, or he'll make a list. So he'll he'll grab a notepad and he'll put a big T on the note on the page. On the left, he'll write do want. On the right, he'll put don't want, and he will just play his track on loop one to three times with nothing on it, maybe a tiny bit of that static, well, we don't know, they don't know what that is, but a tiny bit of some volume adjustments, but you haven't mixed yet at all. You're gonna write all the things that you do want and then all the things you don't want. So, you know, I do want my vocals crispy, up front, 
I don't know, whatever, or vibey, whatever you think that means. Yeah. Freaking reverb, I don't know, or want my kick to be punchy, or 808 to run, just, even if it's obvious, like, make I- the drums lower, you yeah. know, or, or make the drums sound warm. Yeah, even if it's obvious stuff, like, I've even noticed, like, I used to do it, and I wouldn't write the obvious stuff down, and I'd lose that clarity, and I, I started literally just writing the most obvious shit, like, don't want- kick to clip it's like i know i don't but just to write it and see it it's kind yeah. of setting that reminder in your head of like you know um whatever it is you know and that's personal and, preference and you can do this too like oh it would be cool if we did like let's say you're also a producer yeah right oh i should reverse <clears throat> oh yeah you know chop up um a little bit before the chorus so yeah. i can create an, a cool fill yep like those moves there like if you're if you're in control of that you know, this isn't something you do, like, in the middle of the mixing process, like, when you outsource it. Right. This is, like, oh, that would be sick. Like, you hear something on the radio or, or on Spotify or YouTube, wherever, and you're like, oh, I want to do that on my intro. Yep. You, 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 you write it down. Exactly. Oh, I, you know, that that kick is great, but I think it it shouldn't be on the bridge. Right. That's exactly. where you don't want, you know, all right. that stuff. Right. Okay, so now Too we're going to... Too much reverb, take less out. Exactly. Whatever. So now we're going to go into the overall mixing steps, okay? We got to run through these quick. Yeah. You know, very quick explanations of what each thing. So number one, first thing you want to do with your overall mix is you want to do a static mix, okay? What does that mean? Really quick, what does that mean? Well, that means bringing all your, you know... All the fader sound is zero. Yep. To in, in negative infinity. Yes. As it's not zero point zero. Like no. zero is like negative infinity. Starts, like you can't hear anything. Negative infinity. Nothing is playing. No. Zero. That's that's where you start. And you're also you want your you know your pan, your your pan knobs to be. Everything is in the middle. Unity. Yep. Or in the middle. Yep. That's where you start. That's yep. your static mix. And essentially, what you're doing, and this is what Graham Cochran has said. You're pretending like you're mixing, but the only two things you can use are your volume and your pan. Yep. Now, I, I mean, really quick, I don't want to go too deep into this. I do this in mono. Do you do this in mono? You Sometimes can. You can. We won't talk about mono and stereo right now, even though it's important. It's too, we have too many other things to cover, but I will do that. Yeah. Okay. So, boom. There are uses for that, and there are uses for also just doing stereo in yeah. terms of, you know, when you get to a certain point in your experienced yeah it, it 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 comes in use you know it, it can be really useful in certain situations like right. oh okay so this is how mono gives you a good idea of, of what it would sound like through iphone uh, iphone yeah. or laptop, laptop. speaker yeah external not like hooked up to us right you know. yeah we won't talk we won't even get all that so that's your static mix you have everything at negative infinity and then you're gonna bring up the volume and you're gonna be like, how does this all sound when you pull up the volume of everything? And so, um, yeah, so that's the static mix. All right, next, mix bus compression. As simple as you can say it, what would you explain that as? Sauce. But but what is it really? Overall like? sauce. Like you, this is, so there's a master, there's a submix, mm -hmm. and then there's your tracks. So what is a submix? Yeah. Now, It'll come to a point where you want to just mix the overall drums all together. That's a sub. Okay, I understand. Now I understand. Right. 
right? So basically what Corey's saying is there's, when you say there's the master, the submix, and then the tracks, the master is there's, there's that track on your session that literally if you do anything to that one track, it's called the master or the stereo out. That changes everything. That will literally yeah. change every single thing. The sub mix is like groupings of tracks that are similar. So vocals, that would be a sub mix. Drums is a sub mix. Melody instruments, we can go deeper into that. Yeah. And so basically with mix bus compression, you're putting plugins, effects on that stereo out or that master track. Yeah. Okay. That's what that is. And essentially you could put, I mean, you could do whatever you want, but you know, generally what, it, generally, what is the, what is the chain for that? Um, compression. Yep. EQ. EQ. Yeah. EQ um, compression. I do uh, EQ. Limiter. Yeah. That's what I do. You do other stuff. Um, well I put something on my master channel that I, that, that handles a lot of business. What's it called? It's called, um, ML 4000. Okay. It's a not, not necessary for people yet. Not necessary, okay. but. But it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay. So EQ compression. And you're mixing limiter. into that. Yeah. Yes. Do you guys get what that, well, what does that mean? Mixing into that. So What's this that is, you know, there's, there's inactive and active, right? So mm. these plugins are active. Like you're, you're, you're mixing into a compressor. You're, you're mixing into, you know, <clears throat> Um, a limiter. You're you're mixing into a multi-band EQ that just warms everything up. Right. Because that's gonna that's gonna get you closer to your final product. Yep. And the once you mix a lot of songs, you'll notice that you're going to the same plugins and the same mixing bus. Yep. Chain. Yep. And once you have that dialed, it it makes it, it easy. It might fluctuate yeah. per song. I think of that. But it helps with translation and it helps yeah. with. Uh, uh, cohesiveness between uh, songs if yep. you're like mixing an album and all that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Great. So that's mix bus compression. Now, next step. EQ. Okay. This is EQing on every single track, right? If it needs it or if it doesn't. Yeah. You know. So what is EQ? Just explain that. Like, let's say someone has no clue what EQ even is. Tone what and is pitch. It? Tone and pitch. Okay. Frequencies. Frequencies. There's a spectrum. Yes. Exactly. So there's low end and high end. I mean, yes. low end is the bass, bass kick. Yeah, exactly. Um, high end has a lot of crispiness. Um, you know, high pitched, high, high frequency. End is where your vocals sit. High end is where like your snares are. Yeah. And now the way I think of EQing and it kind of is like how you think of mixing is with EQing, that's very much the puzzle. You're, you're, you're taking certain things. Like when you have a vocal, for example, vocals are the most dynamic track you're gonna have there's literally your vocal hits the entire eq frequency but you don't want you don't freaking want your vocal to be heard through all the frequency you don't need the vocal to be sitting on the low end no you want your vocal to be the mid and highs mostly high end you need that isolation exactly so you're taking away from the vocal the low end you know, we won't get into Hertz specifically, no. but you're taking the low end out of the vocal. Yeah. Why? Because you want to save room for the kick and the 808 or bass yeah. or whatever you've got. Exactly. Then you've got your claps. You're, like everything has a specific place in the EQ and it's about balance and it's fitting everything into a into it like a puzzle. Yes. That's, that's how that's, I think of EQ. Yeah. Yeah. So boom, that's a good quick explanation, but yeah. Okay. We could get more complicated into this next step. We're just gonna try to keep it, but compression slash limiter. 
Talk about compression. Um, loud. Right. Loudness. Right. Upfrontness, yeah. Compression is how you beef <clears throat> up your tracks. Yep. You know, are we, they want the beef. So you add the beef. Right. Stronger, yeah. punchy, strong. Um, consistent, too. Let's yep. say, let's say there's a vocal and you're, you know, you hit the first half hard and the second half soft. You put a compressor on and you finesse it a little bit. Yep. It, it's levels everything out and makes exactly it sound like it's all the same clean see that that's and that's a thing that compression is a big concept that that rappers especially need to understand because you know i know when i was getting starting to just record i didn't know what compression was i would always freak out about you know oh this one part is louder than the other part so i'd have to chop it out and like turn it down manually with automation because i didn't know but it's kind of funny. I would say one thing that I, because I didn't know about compression when I started recording, I got really, really good at mic placement. Yeah. And I would try to make it sound, I would try to manually make my vocals sound the same because I didn't know what compression was, right. which is good because now I know, but my compressing process is easier because I've got right. that habit. But guys, basically you're taking your ceiling and your floor and you're, you're, you're giving, you're giving your track a ceiling and a floor because like I said, like vocals, Every track is pretty dynamic. Vocals are the most. The volume of your vocals is going all over the freaking place. Like I'm moving my finger up and down pretty drastically. Like you guys seen the lie detector test where it goes up and down, up yeah, and down, exactly. up and down. Yeah, That's great. what your vocals look like. Exactly. So, so you're basically setting a ceiling of, okay, I'm going to not let my vocals go beyond this volume. And then you're setting a floor of, I'm not going to let my vocals get quieter than this volume. And compressing is saying anything that goes above the ceiling or below the floor, we're going to bring it back. It's like you're giving it a haircut in a way. Yep. You're like trimming the hedges in a way. Yep. So that's a good way. And there's so much more to compression that freaking ratio attack release. We can't get into that. It's too much. We could do a whole episode on compression. In fact, we probably should okay. actually. Yeah. So that's compression. Limiting. Limiter. Cleans it up. Yeah. I mean, so what's the difference? Uh, this is going to be tough. But like, what's the difference between compression and limiting? Um, limiter, let's say the compressor is hitting it hard. So when you have the compressor on it, it is starting to clip. Yeah. A limiter will say no, 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 no. So it'll still clip after a compressor. Compre compressor. No, it'll, it'll bring it back down to, you know, yellow, which is fine. Sure. It's not what yellow is not clipping. It's it just means you're hitting the compressor hard, and limiter is is like another ceiling. Right. It's just cleaning it up. Right. Boom. Compression. Um, Let's go for all your instruments, not right. vocals, everything, effects, whatever. Right. Um. You know, should we talk about parallel compression right now? I kind of don't want to. No, we can add that in our... I think the next or, episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next, we've got reverb and delay. It's... Well, let's explain it. What is it? What's reverb? Reverb is space. Yeah. That's that That's that where it sounds like you're at an auditorium or in a room yeah. or you're in... And there's so many... You can have a short, small reverb. You could have a medium one. You could have long reverb where it's like a lot of airy space church is a perfect example yeah exactly yeah. you guys know what it sounds whatever, like yeah. yeah you guys know and then delay echo pretty simple i've heard that you add those things spice it up just because you want to give that it's i mean i think that's mostly for vocals but you could throw it on anything everything but that's to add space to whatever track your depth and space yeah and 
just like dimension. You know what's crazy? When I learned about this from Graham Cochran, he put reverb on his mixed bus compression. Yeah. Like really, really lightly because you give the whole track space. It, that's used on a lot of like analog mixes just to cohesively glue everything yeah. together. Right. Perfect. So that's reverb and delay. Pretty simple. And then we've got the sweetening process, which is special effects, auto-tune, distortion. Auto distortion, uh, saturation. Um, you know, there, you have like transgate where it like cuts it up. You have your gating. You have... Mm -hmm. Modulation. Um, modulation, flanging, yep. chorus effect. Yep. Um, Any kind of extra reverb and delay maybe, I don't know. that. So the sweetening process, you're sweetening it up, you're adding. Any of those special effects you want to do, um, you would do that here. No, you, you do your, 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 your isms, your, your signature sauce. Yeah, your signature stuff. Um, and that's up to you. And that, that, to me, when you're beginning to mix, like if you're a beginner, I would personally recommend you don't go crazy on any part of the process until you get to sweetening sweetening in my opinion is where you start going crazy with experimenting until you start really dialing in all these other steps like once you've dialed in all these other steps and you feel like you have a good handle on it then start going crazy with the other steps but if you have no like if you've never mixed a song before don't don't go crazy with like your compression, your yeah. compressor. Don't do that because it's too complicated of a concept. You're gonna overwhelm yourself. Stay pretty chill and consistent until sweetening. Okay, now add all that crazy stuff, um, and then you got volume automation. What is that? Um, well, I want my chorus to uh, be louder than the verse. Right. Volume automation. So you automate it. So when, let's say you're working with one vocal track, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's ideal, right? You, you get to a point where you're just working with a main vocal or an acapella that has all the, you know, all your layers and all that stuff. Vocal automation, I mean, I'm using a vocal as an example, but you're, mm. you know, you're writing, like writing the faders, you know, up and down. So you're like, okay, um, oh, I want um, this specific word to be, a little bit quieter than, you know, when she's screaming or she's screaming. So I want to bring that down a little bit, but I like how she hit it or how they hit it, whatever, you know, on the next phrase. So you bring it back up and you can do volume automation on everything on. Right. And I mean, automation is a, a completely, you know, specialized little segment as well. Yeah. There's you know, a lot you can do. You can automate a filter, panning, volume. There's everything. so many. Yeah, you can automate and certain, reverbs. Yeah, certain um, DAWs actually allow you to automate everything. Right. Oh wow. Okay. And some DAWs are limited. Right. But you know, and again, I I also kind of think that like, I mean, I almost think volume and automation is slightly a sweetening step. It because it's yeah, not it like be. really required. It's. I don't know. I mean, sometimes it is, but it's 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 not like EQ and compression and panning. That's stuff that it, like you got to do. It's another way of making sure that you've you know dotted your eyes yeah. across all your T's. Dotted your eye. I like that. Dotted your eyes across your T's. Yeah. It's just on the part of the the checklist to make sure that you're aware of. You know, let's say, oh, um. I want my intro to start off quiet right. and then build up. That's volume automation. Right. You know, you can make it do that. You can 
get it to a point where you can actually draw that automation in yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can take it a step further and use a, a mixing controller where you're doing those moves yourself. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I think for now, this is a good stopping point. Yeah. You know, what we're going to do is for part two of the mixing series, we'll talk about priorities. We're going to talk about prioritizing your tracks and um, prioritizing which instruments should sit where. It's very much based on taste, but we'll talk about just kind of what we do and maybe you can get a good sense. That's yeah. going to be based on reference and stuff, but totally, we'll talk about yeah. that next episode. Yeah. Yep. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, if you are excited to hear more about in-depth mixing and stuff, then what you should do is you should you should subscribe to this podcast. You get notified every time I put out a new episode. And if you're interested in getting more in-depth and you want somebody to tutor you through this stuff and really coach you through how to get a professional mix, all you got to do is click below in the description and book a 15-minute call with me. And we will set up a time for me to start walking you through how to get started with mixing and mastering your own music so that you never have to pay for professional mixing again. How expensive is professional mixing? A lot. A lot. Like, I won't ask what you charge, but I, I know I used to charge 50 bucks, then I started charging 100 bucks, and I've even charged 150 for mixing mastering. The top, top for their game. Um... 500 to yeah. 20 grand. hundred percent. I mean, realistically, people listening won't pay it 20 grand for a song, but that is a realistic number in the industry Yeah. for the high level people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, keep in mind, you don't have, the, I, I know you're listening. You don't have the freaking budget for that. You don't have the budget for a hundred dollar mix. You don't because you want to, if you want to put out songs frequently, how are you going to be able to pay? Like most of you listening, same here. You can't afford $100 per month. Let's say you want to put out one song every month. You, you can't afford to do that. And even if you're like, oh, I'm just going to put out singles when I want to and I'll put out maybe a song every other month and I'll pay more for mixing. Let's say they want to pay 500 bucks. Great. You still have to pay for marketing. That's $500 to $2,000 or more. So what we're doing here on this series, we are trying to save you money because yes, it's gonna, you're going to spend more time, but you're going to save hundreds if not thousands of dollars in a year so i would suggest you guys start diving into this stuff and this mixing series is the perfect way to get started the even better way to get started is booking that call with me and letting me walk you through the process one-on-one -on -one so that i can really make sure you know what you're doing all right thank you guys so much for listening and we are going to talk to you again tomorrow peace i won't let you do me wrong, do me wrong. put everything in every song too long, too long. I'll admit when I'm not strong.